Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds. On May 31st and June 1st, hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Hi, this is KUOW's Week in Review host, Bill Radke. I'm back with another episode of Words in Review. I notice a word or a phrase that's fluttering in the air, and I pull it down for a look-see. This week, it's graduation season. University of Washington commencement is Saturday. And what is the most cliched advice a commencement speaker can give? You have one singular passion, and your job is to find it and to pursue it to the exclusion of all else. The only way to end up happy in what you do for a living is to follow your passion. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. My next guest would like to, if not ban that phrase, at least revise it. University of Washington psychology professor Dr. Sapna Cheryan did a series of experiments giving American adults different types of advice. What we found is when we told them to imagine that they were following their passions, we see that women tend to list passions that are um, in healthcare or um, in the humanities or the social sciences, whereas men tend to list passions that are in business or um, in tech or the hard sciences. But when you give them different kinds of advice, when you say, imagine you took the advice to um find a career that's going to give you a good income and job security, then what you see is that women's and men's career uh, options look a lot more similar to each other. Um, And so what we think is going on is that when you tell people to follow their passions, they are drawing on parts of themselves that might be socialized um, based on their gender to be different from one another. But when you tell people to focus on jobs, uh, security or salary, um, then they kind of get on the same page with each other and end up picking careers uh, like ones in tech or, or medicine. If I'm following my passion and my deepest interest, why wouldn't that vault me past gender norms and stereotypes? It still seems like good advice. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, what people think it's doing. So when they think of all your passions, they think, okay, now you can do what is uniquely, um, uh, you know, individual to you. But it turns out that ourselves are pretty deeply gendered. I mean, of course, not everybody is gender socialized in um, accordance with their, um, you know, gender. But um, most of us are. And, you know, when we start asking kids when they're like four years old what they want to be when they grow up, what you end up hearing a lot of times is the boys are going towards um, careers that they see men doing or that they enjoy doing because of the extracurriculars that they do or that they see in books or movies or television. Um, and so they're choosing things that are quite different than the girls. And that, that gender socialization continues throughout our life, through our teachers, parents, peers, media, um, and uh, it continues to shape us, even if we might not realize it. So then is it fair to say that if someone chooses to go into healthcare or the humanities or business or the hard sciences, partly because of these gender stereotypes, is it fair to say they're not really following their passion? In other words, they're ignoring the The problem isn't the follow your passion advice. It's that 
we just don't know what it means or how to follow it. We just kind of do what's expected of us. I think that's a good analysis. Um, I mean, my issue with follow your passions is not so much, um, you know, we should, I don't think we should never tell people like, don't do what you're interested in. But I think the problem is that um, we don't really get a way to try everything in our society. We get kind of constrained and limited to what classes we end up taking or what extracurriculars you end up doing. And um, if we had a systematic way that we could have everybody try everything and try it in a way that was actually true to the field, so, you know, didn't have certain biases involved or um, mistreatment from other people, or you got to see people who look like you who did it, um, then I think Follow Your Passions would be, um, you know, much more um, you know, I would feel much more comfortable telling students to follow their passions. But the problem is that a lot of times, you know, like one example, I study gender disparities in technology. And one example is that most um, high school students don't even take a single class in computer science or engineering. So how are they supposed to know if it's their passion if they're not even getting one class to try it in? What students end up doing is they end up looking at what computer scientists look like in their minds based on the media and um, end up a lot of girls uh, especially end up not putting it on the table as an option. Are there places where there's not a gender disparity in that field? Yeah, there's really um, two big areas we can think about. One is um, cross-culturally. So in some countries in the world, there is no gender disparity in um, degrees earned uh, in computer science and also in engineering. So places like Malaysia and Kuwait. Um and the other place, the other way we can think about lack of gender disparities is historically in our own country. Um, when computer science first became a field, the original programmers were women, um, and then it got taken over by men. So what that tells me is that if these passions were very fixed and um, innate, you know, then we wouldn't see these patterns throughout time and in other cultures where you actually see the reverse or um, or very little gender disparity in, in these fields. In fact, you say in, in your New York Times piece, you suggest that there's something about the American ideal of choosing a career or a major as a kind of self-expression. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that's a that's a bad thing to want to express myself through my career? Well, I think um, there are some good things about it. You know, I think, um, you know, a lot of times doing something that's consistent with how you see yourself can be motivating. Um, but the point of our paper is to say there's also this like troubling consequence for gender disparities, maybe a consequence that we don't even realize or think about when we talk about follow your passions, because the follow your passions idea doesn't seem to be a gendered idea, it doesn't say anything about women and men doing different things. But what's really interesting about it is that even though it's not gendered on its surface, it ends up having these gendered outcomes. So, you know, I think um, one of the goals of this paper was to show that sometimes things that we think of as um, giving us more freedom or giving us a more individuality in U.S. culture ends up actually sometimes limiting us to um, what is expected of us in society. So, Professor Cherion, we, we do like things boiled down to memorable phrases. Mm-hmm. Let's say you are now, you are the next commencement speaker at the University of Washington. What is your alternative? What's, what's the phrase that you do pass on and emphasize? Um, I think for me, it would be something like um, try different things before you decide. I know that's not very catchy. And I maybe if I if I uh, had an ad agency, I could write a catchier phrase. But it's a work I think, in progress. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, don't don't um, limit yourself based on what you think your passions are. Maybe that's another version. Um, try something outside your passions to make sure that you, you know, maybe you will actually like it. So those are all different, different versions and, um, you know, consistent with the way that I think about um advising my students and as a parent as well, you know, um, 
you know, it's very easy to ask yourself, what does my child like? And that's what I'm going to sign them up for. But sometimes it's also good to ask yourself, what has my what does my child think they don't like? <laughs> and let me have them also try that. And, you know, kids will surprise you. You sign them up for the thing you think they're really going to hate and they come home and they love it. So that that's my that's my lesson. Mm, I like that. Maybe it's uh, follow your passion, but you don't know what your passion is. Yeah, yet. that's right. That's right. You might not know. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still workshopping. That's right. You know. Professor, I know you have, a, I guess, a tween, an 11-year-old <laughs> daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that you uh, purposely sign your daughter up for stuff that she doesn't particularly want to do, but maybe is open to trying? That's exactly what we do. And we've been doing it since a young age. I remember going to the library and I would let her pick out some books. And then I would go through and pick out some books of things that I thought, you know, she hadn't exposed herself to, but she might actually like. Um, we do it with summer camps as well. So she gets to pick some. And then we also put her in some that she thinks she won't like. And more often than not, she comes back from those experiences saying, wow, that was actually fun. I actually did have a good time. That's funny because that's my I've got three kids and of course I've experienced that too, right? Yeah. I think we most parents have Hey, yeah. I didn't think I would like fill in the blank. But boy, the actual signing up process of the thing they might <laughs> I, I, how how does that go for you? Is it is that not a stressful way to raise kids and and advise uh, students? You know, we um for a long time we didn't even tell her she had a choice. So like I remember yeah. signing her for extracurriculars after school and we never even showed her the options. We just signed her up. And she I don't think she even realized that she could have had a choice. So, um, you know, this gets back to my, uh, you know, choice is another really iconic American thing where we think like the more choice, the better. But sometimes you have to limit choices uh, in order for people to actually experience uh, the widest range possible and, you know, not box themselves in too tightly. Have you ever given a commencement speech? I have not. Oh, that that seems like a uh, like a TED talk to me. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I I kind of see uh, choice as a, a difficult thing in our society, and I am always looking for places where I can limit choice. I remember President Obama saying that he only has like a certain number of suits, and they all match with each other because he wants to save all his mental energy for import, more important choices. And I I think there's something to that. I think the more that we can turn over choices to other other entities or limit our own choices, sometimes I think that we can um, actually improve our lives. I mean, freedom is another freedom is another loaded word. I feel like you know, yes. um, and you know, we all think freedom is just always good and i think paramount that's right that's right and when you think about the choices that students have to take classes um it turns out if you have if you give students fewer choices like you make things like computer science mandatory you end up seeing more girls go into computer science because now they had to take it before when they had freedom the boys were more likely to opt into computer science classes than the girls and so sometimes i think taking away choice and making everybody try the same things can actually um, be good for society. Hmm. I wonder if that graduation advice will catch on at our commencement ceremonies. And so graduates always remember, less freedom, limit your choices, try something you think you're going to dislike. Or follow your passions. And that's Words in Review, Follow Your Passions edition. Thank you to my guest, University of Washington psychology professor, Dr. Sapna Cherian, and to KUOW's Week in Review producer, Kevin Kniestad, and for bringing my commencement advice to life 
Thank you, KUOW marketing audio video producer Hans Twite. I'm Bill Radke, and I'll be back here Friday with another Week in Review.